Hello, and welcome to the Whizbang Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Goodall. I'm a musician myself, but I'm going to be interviewing other musicians, uh, music managers, people in the music business in general. Um, today, my guest is my good friend, longtime collaborator, business partner, overall homie, Brad Jenkins of Ona. How you doing, Brad? Good. How are you? My business partner. Business partner. That's really funny <laughs> to say, right? But technically, that is it true. Is. It is. You know, we're business partners together. Man, how's it going today? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, got my seltzer in a glass. Seltzer in a glass. That's very classy. Good for you. Thank you. I'm doing good, man. We need some ice for you. This, I've been listening to these, so these are... Oh, really, you, you enjoying cool. the show? It's cool to be on. Yeah. Can you feel us kind of settling in? I'm getting a little bit better at hosting. Yeah. Can you tell I'm yeah. getting a little bit better at hosting yeah. the podcast? That's nice. Thank you for saying that. Or did I just say that out loud? No, you're good. <laughs> How are you? I'm, hey, man. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what's going on with you, man? What'd you, uh, what'd you do today? Um, I worked a little bit. with. Then I hung out with my girls. Took them to piano lessons. Piano lessons. This is the real deep stuff here. I want to know about the piano lessons right off the bat. Right off the bat. I'll tell you a story about my piano history. I was offered piano lessons when I was six or seven years old, and I refused to do them. I wouldn't go. I cried. And then I picked the instrument up later, 10 years later at 16, and it became my whole life. How are the kids dealing with the piano lessons? Um, there's two. Both of the girls are doing them. One interest is waning, okay. one, and then one interest, uh, one of them is uh, gaining more interest in the instrument at home. Starting to like Yeah. It. The oldest one's getting into, uh, she's getting older into the uh, older friends. Kid yeah. Older, older, kid, older stuff. kid stuff. Big kid stuff. But it's going good. Um, the first couple of piano lessons were just like filling the books and stuff, and I was like, I hope this is a legit teacher. <laughs> 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 a little bit of like do re mi right up the yeah. scale that kind of thing hey you gotta start but somewhere. i started doing the same thing yeah tell but, me a little bit about your piano journey because you're playing right now yeah well i think approaching the instrument later is a has a way bigger impact than people think like you said yeah. how old were you when you really started 15 like probably. dedicating 15. time when it was like okay i'm gonna play this instrument right now. i'm gonna try to get good right i w i did not approach the guitar like that. Right. And I wish I would have in hindsight, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just like from right off the bat, just hammering practices and stuff. And I just, I just floated by, you know what I mean? Right. And so now learning the piano at, a, at an older age and I'm able to do that with that kind of practice style, like really dig into it. Looking it, at it as an adult, I'm yeah. like, if I sit down an hour a day and look at the instrument right. and work at it, I can right. figure this all out. Right. I should have done that younger. Now I... <laughs> Hindsight 2020, yeah. man. There's a lot of things I wish I would have gotten better at when I was younger. But I mean, I like that you're playing the piano now because that makes me want to pick up the guitar, which I'm horrible at. But I mean, Not you're right. never too old to pick up a new instrument and start trying to figure it out. Yeah, it opens everything up. And who yeah. are we talking about? Um... Oh, it's going to kill me. Piano player? Piano player. Hero. No, other hero. Uh, Elton John. Um, <laughs> There's a lot of them. Oh, um, Bruce Hornsby. You were yeah, saying yeah. Bruce Hornsby. Yeah. He was it. late. He was late. Super late. He was late. This could yeah. become a whole Bruce Hornsby podcast if it wanted to be. That's how knowledgeable I am about this yeah, guy. It's I guess at a nerd level. The whole, the whole uh, encompassing thing I'm getting at is I feel like when you're older, you just have a different mind and a different yeah. approach, a mindset in going into it. 
Yeah. So, and so what you expect out of it is also different too. Cause when you're just learning guitar as a young kid, you don't know, you have dreams of being on a stage and stuff, but when you, uh, you get older and you realize how those things actually work, yeah. it's not as glamorous as, as it seems. It becomes more realistic, more yeah. human. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, but it's going good. I that's just, good. Slowly but surely. You Trying to keep always, up with you. You can always come over and hang out, and I'll show you E minor 7, A minor 7, all that stuff. I'll get you the seventh chords going. It'll be great. I would have taken lessons from you, but we would have, we would have just <laughs> written songs. We would have just written so, Ona songs, yeah. and we would have just like started making demos in mm -hmm. Ableton and all that stuff. Yeah, so I went old church lady route. And That's fine. Uh, hit me up on year three, and we'll start getting into jazz chords. I hope I'll make song. it there. Yeah, You'll make it there. Tell me a little bit about your first. Do you remember the first song you ever wrote? Oh gosh, because I, um, I I think the first song I wrote, I was probably 15 years old, was called. It was something about. I know it had the words "lazy river" in it, <laughs> and the acoustic probably probably sounded like a lazy river. Lazy river. Um, yeah, I got I got real into writing songs from like 15 to 17. Yeah. Um, just the catchiest melodies i could come up with but nothing if i look back now it'd be like i i couldn't listen to that stuff me and you did yeah um, we had a recording session together we, did. we must have been seniors in high school and it was a uh relatively close local studio and it was songs that you wrote and it was my that was my first studio experience i had no idea what i was doing yeah and here we are now here we are now. We've we been still, in real we, studios. We, we've been in real studios, but we still don't know what we're doing. At least I don't. No. I would never admit out loud on a microphone that I know what I'm doing. It's, it's just, no. that's a, that's the wrong way to approach this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Speaking of the studio, we obviously have tons of memories of making the second owner record, Full Moon Heavy Light, um, which is on, behind you on that camera. There's a little vinyl there, a little plug. Um, tell me a little bit about how that felt for you as far as a collaborative setting, making the second record, being a little bit more established and a little bit more experienced. How did that feel for you overall? Um, I mean, it was a joyous experience being, I think being fun. down in Athens was a pro for us because we were away from getting home. out of town. Yeah. And I, cause I have kids at home and stuff. So for me to get away was I'm just from my point of view was it's much easier to create mm -hmm. and just we were sleeping in the studio yeah. and all that stuff yeah um I thought it was fun I I think I hit a period we talked about this a couple of weeks ago I think I hit a period where I almost got lazy as a songwriter because you all add so much to the songs or nuggets I bring in mm -hmm. you know what I mean sure I did catch myself being looking back being like oh that was a lazy that was a lazy move I it could have been more thought out, but not over thought in the same, in the same breath. I understand uh, what you mean. It's sort of like, well, I know if I bring in a chorus and maybe the first verse, maybe, and a lot of times this is the case. You can have a verse and a chorus. And if you have other good writers or part writers around you, the songs can kind of assemble themselves by just showing them what you got. And it's like, boom, we got a song. This guy is the king of bridges. Every time I bring a song to this person, they can come up with a way to take the tune out of where it's at and bring it back. It is extreme. I know you know this. It is extremely difficult to write a song, words and chords, and let's, let's say get a demo to front to back completely by yourself. It's yeah. crazy because you kind of have to get out of your own writing style a little bit to get to a completed song. Because if you're only in your own little zone, you kind of keep hitting the same spot 
You know yeah. what I'm saying? I think that's the the best part about being in a band too. Yeah. Is like laying into that, knowing that is there, you Somebody's know, it's, got it's going to expand. Mm. Yeah. And I always reference it like, uh, I need to get out of my head with this one. Yeah. I'll, when I spitball something. Yeah. I'll know it just needs other, other people's playing on it or just, um, arrangement stuff or whatever just, it needs like uh, another person's angle because yeah. you're staring at a song this way straight ahead and another person's gonna go i mean i get what you're doing but why not just pivot it right 15 to the left and it'll take the song into a whole new vibe right it's extremely difficult to complete that's the reason these pop songs we're always talking about like you know how did this stuff come together like these pop songs that are like on the top of the charts have like six writers on them you know what i mean that's because they need that a good song has that balance of not just one author now i'm not talking about bob dylan and the stuff that was obviously great from coming from just one writer but like it seems to me like a lot of really good songs of today are a a collaborative effort yeah and it's also it's always different for the listener how they're gonna you never know when you put out music what it's theirs now you know what i mean 100 percent. so we're ne- we're never able to listen to our own music passively, not just yeah. to Ona's music, but anybody who creates something, you'll never be able to listen to it passively. You, you can't you, enjoy it. Yeah, but when I listen to it, I can see the filter that the water runs through, which is all five of us. Mm-hmm. Are, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And the, and the bottom boil is the product, you right? Know, or the record, or whatever. So. Right. I wonder what we're gonna do. I kind of want to talk about just how we're thinking about a third album, but I don't want to. This could get choppy conversationally, but like, I know there's things we want to achieve that Ona wants to achieve with the third album. And I don't even know where to take this question. I just want it to be that same experience we had in Athens, but just elevated as far as maybe the chances we took or maybe some of the studio things we figured out and wanted to do and just push the writing further. I'm excited for that experience. I didn't even have a question for you. I was just daydreaming about doing oh, yeah. another record. <laughs> yeah, it's like every every go round, you just you learn and learn and learn. It's like going on tour. I remember when we um, first went out on the road with Tyler and the boys. Yeah, we'd sit there side stage every night, just like squinting, like mentally, you know what I mean? Mentally taking notes. Yeah, our friends are up there, like owning it and yeah. uh, just learning and learning off of people that are better than you mm-hmm. is super important yeah um that's how i feel like playing with you all you all pressed me to want to be better sure and Ditto. i think surrounding your people uh, surrounding yourself by with people that just ultimately make you better you know what i mean and that 100%. might be just that might mean cutting it down or like cutting the fat off of it mm-hmm. um but the the circle is warm the circle is small that's the mantra <laughs> <laughs> that's the mantra Man, like, uh, who's inspiring you right now, like songwriter wise? Or like, what records are you digging into where it's like, I gotta, I gotta grab that essence. I gotta have it. I know it's kind of hard to kind of pull a record out of thin air like that, but I might be a broken record on this, but like, Little Feet, just Little Feet for sure. The grooves and some of that, mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, Quintessential Southern I, rock, right? There. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just deep, man. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of some i just acquired a bunch of records too so i'm going through them all tell me about this record collection i know you got donald fagan's nightfly i got all the steely dan baby you got all the steely dan you Katie picture that didn't even make sense that you got that many good vinyl all at once katie lied gaucho 
Wow. Can't buy a thrill. Wow. Ecstasy. And they were like early pressings. If early pressings, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, hey, let me get some of those. I will. We, <laughs> we can you bring to, them over. I we need to spin them. Vinyl I've been, I mean, the Dan, I've been spinning a lot of those records. A lot of what I've been listening to is from that collection recently. Yeah. As far as, um, I mean, there's a really good uh, Genesis live album that I, I got. Know. Man, it's wild. It's good. Yeah, but you said Keith Jarrett earlier, mm-hmm. and I'll, I bring him up all the time. But yeah, I was turned on to the Cone concert. Keith Jarrett's The Keith, Colon Concert. Yeah. yeah. And I kind of heard the backstory as I was started listening to it while mm-hmm. I was on the internet. And yeah. So um, if you don't know the backstory, look it up, check it out. Sure. And listen to that concert if you have 48 minutes. Yeah. But it's just somebody um, impro- so, imp- improvising for, I mean, going on a journey. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that music is... Um, meditative yeah i think it's interesting that you um let's call let's call you a singer songwriter first and guitar guitar second um and band band leader too but like you listening to a solo piano record and being like how can i there's something to take from everything it doesn't matter about what instrument you play or what your background is like if you inspired music is inspired music yeah you're gonna get something from it you know what i mean yeah and the the energy of live music as a band can kind of get you in this like full full bore mode you know mm-hmm. sometimes then you have to kind of back away and like think about dynamics and stuff like that and so it's not just a wall of yeah, sounds you absolutely know? but in that that album it's just one guy and you can you can hear his heart spilling out into the keys and i yeah. think that's that's so cool so maybe not a piano getting as good as Keith Jarrett as a goal, but um, conveying that message, whatever he's right. That's, that's where I want. That's my journey right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I think Brad Jenkins is on a piano journey right now. <laughs> this is a, this is a piano podcast today. I love it, man. The, the fact that uh, you've dug so deep into the piano and you're uh, responding to that, responding to those kind of records is, I mean, awesome because I know we link up on so much of that kind of thing. Man, um, thanks for stopping by today. I appreciate course, you having here, being here. Thank Excuse you. me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. Thank See you. you I need more water. More water, more less beer. More water for him and less beer for me. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs>